So it's kind of weird this show. We weren't sure if we were going to get to it because I didn't want to miss out on all the seasons. So we both ended up binging it. Yeah. And you binged it faster than I did. You ended up warning me after season two that things got a lot darker and that the tone of the show shifted, that it felt a lot more like BoJack Horseman. There were a lot more psychological, emotional struggles for Barry. And I didn't really believe you. I was like, how could they really change the identity of the show? They've always had violence. They've always had Barry doing his introspection. And it always has somewhat been dark anyways. Uh But I was, but yeah. But he really loses his sense of like reality in the third season. And it it continues into the fourth season. It's like an existential crisis. And then we get time jumps. It's like emotional whiplash anxiety i remember seeing after season two there was a video on youtube that was like why barry has become the darkest show on television or something like that and i was like how can he get that way and really once gene kuzno figures out who barry is the show just veers into a different direction yeah i guess it really didn't make sense for it to continue along the whole (laughs) lightheartedness that gene kuzno's character provided henry winkler no longer could do that he was he was really depressed in those last two yeah, seasons. It was kind of hard to watch, actually. I don't know if you it got felt, that same feeling. It felt like, especially this season, the fourth season, like Vince Gilligan, like they had brought huh. him back from uh, <laughs> from Breaking Bad and uh, Better Better Call Saul, and they said, you're going to direct the fourth season of Barry because you got the time jumping going on, which we saw with Walter White. You have the surreal suburban house in the middle of the desert, which uh, he had as well in New Mexico. You have the broken characters, the themes of vengeance. It just felt like this... This show has always been Get Shorty to me, which was that dark comedy. Um, what was the main character of that? Uh, Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris O'Dowd, he was this crime guy and he tries to reinvent himself by making it big in Hollywood. Barry's whole gist was that he was a hitman who was trying to reform his whole entire life and become a legitimate actor and get a girlfriend and be happy. But by the end of season one, that goes awry because he kills Henry Winkler's girlfriend or Kuzno's girlfriend. And the show never diverts from that plot point. Right? And I have to give yeah. it credit for that. It, like, it's still being bought up in like season four. In fact, it seems like a lot of things that happened such in, as in season one, like with him killing his best friend, that's brought up a ton of times as well. Yeah, so mostly I always in thought, season three, though. I always thought the show just did a good job kind of centering it on things that we had already seen okay enough recap heading into the finale sally and barry's three episode old son john who's like seven years old in real life are being held hostage by hank hank obviously has turned on barry How'd since you feel he learned about that? um i thought it happened fast because it happened a few episodes earlier when he was in prison and fuchs had told hank that uh barry was talking to the fbi and uh spilling <laughs> And giving out all the information that uh, about the Chechen mob. And so then they send Fred Armisen after him. as <laughs> And Fred Armisen <laughs> blows up his own finger. It gets messy. The show's not unfamiliar with character changes. However, I thought that Hanks was one of the laziest. I was really disappointed what they did with his character. Just kind of turning on Barry that fast. When for three seasons, they were kind of on the same side. Yeah, but keep in mind that Hank has never been the brightest tool in the shed. We've seen him be friends with Barry for most of the show, but it did make sense that once he found out he was being sold out and betrayed, and once he had that phone call with Barry where Barry was just lying to his his face, but over the phone, um, then then it became pretty clear that he had no love for Barry anymore and that he was going to send his guys after him. He definitely him. was not the comic relief. But Anyways, the it is funny how Hank wanted to break Barry out of prison originally, and by sending his goons after him to kill him, um, the podcasters, they, they ended up uh, helping him gain his freedom because he escaped that way, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's where we, we don't see him in that entire episode, and the next thing we know, he's showing up at Sally's place, they go off into the desert and then spend seven years there. Yeah. But getting back to the setup right before the finale, Mr. Cousineau has just been accused of being an accomplice and mastermind to the murder of Janice, his girlfriend from season one, who obviously he never had, like he, 
he is the most innocent when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. As anything. Yeah. So it's really funny that the police are just so off when it comes to that. They, all because he didn't bring up one detail. All because he didn't bring up ooh, the quarter of a, uh, a million dollars. That was a big detail. And I could see why the the police found that suspicious. But they drew so many connections just from that. It I know, was so it was ridiculous. Funny. Yeah, yeah it was the funny. show retains its comedy, even despite everything else. It's just that this, it felt unfair to the character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you really felt bad for them. You also have Fuchs, who like was Barry's uh, handler for the longest time. He's out of prison. He's running a gang. He wants Barry dead because of uh, <laughs> just their entire past. Barry has escaped um, Janice's father's garage. So Janice's father was an ex-cop who had kidnapped him and uh, was really just torturing him until he found out about the $250,000 that Cousineau had. And then uh, I think that it's weird. We'll get into why Barry was able to escape to begin with by the end of this, because that's an ongoing question that I have. But he's off to go save Sally and John because he knows that Hank has them. And then we start the season finale and Hank is talking to Sally, right? And that's the first time that's ever happened in the entire show. I like the interaction because both the characters seem broken. Sally has been broken for like three seasons, it seems like. I found it funny how like in season one, season two, she was always having to, in the acting classes, do the really dramatic scenes. And by the end of the series... She was growing as a character in the first two seasons. I think by the third season, she hit a wall because of Barry and also because her own career took off to a point where she just couldn't handle some of the pressure. Speaking of which, did it seem like um, Barry, the character, had aged a full pandemic in this show? Yes. That flashback <laughs> that we see in from season one, he looks so much Incredibly younger. Incredibly different. He looks yeah. so aged and weathered. And like, I guess if the stuff that happens to his character actually happened to someone in real life, that's what would happen. It's like when the president ages 50 years when they're in office, you know? Well, in episode five, when they're kind of focused on Sally and Barry and everything that's happened in the time jump, there's a point where Sally's uh, wig that she's wearing gets taken off and she looks practically the same barry does look like just an old man at that point in fact i think i had to look up bill Hader's age afterwards because i was like he looks like he was 63 right (laughs) how old is he i I think he was like he's in his 40s i thought he was in his mid 50s just by the way that they were making him look (laughs) yeah well so barry knows that uh hank is holding sally and john hostage so he wants guns and this is the second time we've seen him go to that like walmart (laughs) the same lady is working there and he just yells guns that was one of the funniest moments to me Then we also see the DA has officially opened the case under the false assumption that Cousineau was in on the murder because Barry gave him the $250,000. And they did that in like a YouTube video that Cousineau's watching. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't believe that like yesterday I was the hero of this story. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about a movie. I think it's his line that he says. But like, I mm-hmm. want to go back to the Walmart thing. Yeah. I thought it was a cool one shot take where he's walking through the Walmart with the guns so in funny. his back. Yeah. But I was like, this is this is absolutely crazy. This that, that almost broke suspension and disbelief for me that anyone would be like that crazy to do this something This is the same like show that. that in season two, it's highest rated episode was when he kept on chasing down that karate master guy and then they had a big fight scene in a supermarket so i'm not really surprised that they have at a supermarket he's able to just like go straight down the aisle with a bunch of guns insane though (laughs) whether or not he would legally be able to do that i don't know but who cares it's funny (laughs) so anyways they're back at noho ball enterprise right and Mm -hmm. fuchs shows up and at first um hank has only taken sally out he's left john in the back because he doesn't he still has enough integrity that he doesn't want to give uh, Barry's son to um, right. Fuchs because he thinks that Fuchs is just there to kill everybody, right? And so Fuchs shows up with his gang and there's words exchanged and someone calls someone weak and pathetic and then Hank admits 
finally to the fact that he was the reason why his love of his life died, Cristobal, while Cristobal's gold statue is behind him. What well, that was that statue? I thought that the statue was funny when they first introduced it, was it so in crazy. the first yeah. episode, but it was a slight given by Fuchs because Fuchs is like, I will leave you alone as long as you admit that you were the reason why Cristobal is dead. And yeah, I found- New Deal. I won't even ask for Sally and and, uh, and uh, John, right? Is that what yeah. was going on? That he would just walk away if Hank admitted to it? And Hank does, but he's like crying by the end there. And and then he calls off the deal. Hank's mm-hmm. like, he, he has this moment where he just doesn't want to give Fuchs any like leeway or do, he doesn't want to help him at all. And so they start shooting each other. He gets shot first, right? Yes. And then he falls back into the statue while every, this was also a hilarious, right? Where that grenade gets thrown. That was, that was, yeah. There's two parts that I laughed out loud at that grenade where uh where hanks one of hanks men is on the ground but he throws it at like three people that are still standing on fuchs's side yeah. and then they explode and they're in this big glass <laughs> building so like the glass breaks and like, <laughs> it was a really funny scene however there's a weird cut where if you watch hank throughout that entire thing he goes from being shot to immediately being on the statue and there was a good five foot difference there mm-hmm. so but they had to do it for the scene so it looked cool and you only notice if you replay it a bunch of times like i did um, and so, yeah, bullets end up in the Cristobal uh, statue as well. Yeah. But Hank ends up dying there. And it was an interesting choice because for the longest time, Hank and Cousineau were the show's comic relief. Barry was this, like, hard character who, like, kind of almost autistically could not process emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, like, they were used to kind of balance him out. And by the end... Hank and Cousineau are just as dark as Barry. Well, yeah, and it, also there are similar shots that happen between the two of them in this episode. You get the pan out of uh, of Hank. The fade out. Yeah, the yeah. fade out as he's kind of holding on to Crystal Ball's uh, golden statue's hand. And I was like, I, wow, that actually works on a really dramatic level. I thought it worked. I thought it, I thought it worked, but I th- also thought it was fast, and I also saw, thought it was sad. Like, it was sad to a point where I was like, did they need to kill this character off and keep Fuchs alive? That Fuchs, was strange. Fuchs yeah. surviving this whole thing because he Fuchs ends up saving John, who who was called out by Hank, mm-hmm. and so he was in the middle of that firefight. But Fuchs had jumped on top of him, so John doesn't get hurt. Sally is also alive, but she's off in the corner. And uh, Fuchs says to John, "He's like time to get you back to your daddy." And that was like where I was like, "What? This has constantly been his thing, where Fuchs goes from." loving Barry to <laughs> wanting to kill him to going to the places that Barry has killed people's like uh, spouses or their yeah. family members and literally telling them who it was so that they could go and kill Barry. The Fuchs's character, I when he got shot in season three, I kind of wanted him to die there just as like a good comeuppance. But instead, he he's the one who like walks away from this. They were trying to, I think, tie it into season one where Fuchs was Barry's manager yeah. and always on the lookout for him. But I agree, the character change, I thought, didn't really work that well. It wasn't that, that he well. changed for three seasons. He was the guy who was stirring shit up. Had he not existed... Cousineau would have never figured out about Janice and Barry would have been fine. Everything would have been golden. And yet Barry keeps on forgiving Fuchs and Fuchs keeps on like stirring shit up and then turning around and doing something nice well, for there's, Barry. Well, there's, there's a couple things. Yeah. One is that I think that they were trying to foreshadow it, especially in jail when Barry and uh, Fuchs were talking, trying to show that Fuchs kind of, because they like apologize to each other, right? And, and they were trying to, I think, show that they were kind of trustworthy there. But also, it goes with the tone of this 
series finale. There's other things that happen in this show where it seems like it seems like the people that should be get their comeuppance don't in the end. And well, I think that that is just kind of an instance. Of really, this. it's only Fuchs to me. That's the only person who doesn't get their ending justice. It seems as if after season two, that's when Barry freaked out and he went after Fuchs, right? He yeah. started shooting up everywhere. And then by season three, Fuchs was in, in hiding and he was living on that goat farm and he seemed happy. But it only took a phone call from Barry where he found out Barry didn't care about him anymore, where he got mad at Barry and then he decided to go to every <laughs> single person and start to cause, that was insane. cause an yeah. issue and, and try to get them to kill Barry. It, it was just an odd character arc for this guy and he ends up surviving and I don't know how I feel about that. But then he gives John back to Barry. Barry walks away with John and Sally's suddenly there. Like, you don't see her follow them, but she's suddenly with them. I assume they made a phone call and she just, like, caught up with them at that yeah, motel. Yeah. But she tries to convince Barry to turn himself in as they're going to sleep and help Cousineau redeem himself because Cousineau obviously is uh, is close to going to jail, right? Mm, yeah. He's probably really depressed about it. But Barry doesn't want to. He says that. Barry's been listening to Bill Burr. You recognize yes, Bill Burr's yeah, voice, yeah, obviously, and yeah. so he's convinced himself because he's highly he's he's really into the religious aspect of like rede redemption, and even if you murder someone, you're going to be okay. Something that happened after the time jump, yes. So he he resists that idea. God until, doesn't want him to is his reasoning. <laughs> yeah, I like Bill Burr being a hockey player who had murdered someone and then like gone to jail and then started a podcast and then become extremely <laughs> successful from it, and it was still arguing whether or not it was justified. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So the next day, though, Barry wakes up and Sally is gone, John is gone, and Sally is left the same way she left her first abusive boyfriend, where she leaves in the night and doesn't even confront him. So, right. an again, another parallelism from that. And Barry goes directly to Cousineau's place, thinking that's where Sally went, right? Exactly. Because it seemed like uh, that was what was happening, I think, the episode prior, where Sally was calling Cousineau, being like, hey, can you, like, come pick us up from the airport? Well, she also told Barry, she was like, I was going to Cousineau's place. Yeah. That's where I was going to meet you. So, that's where why he thinks that she's there. He follows her, but Tom is already at Cousineau's place. That's the agent of yes. uh, Cousineau who... <laughs> who drove into the car when uh, Kusno told him about talking to the reporter. This Remember thing that was earlier? In, this was intense. I did, mean, this was the climax of the show. Yeah, yeah. but do you, we didn't know that at the time. But you recognized uh, Fred Malamed from oh, WandaVision? Oh, he's from everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even Silicon Valley, I think, as well. He, no, that's the wrong guy. That's the wrong guy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is the guy from WandaVision who was in the first episode, the boss mm -hmm. character. Yeah. Okay, so he goes to Kusno's place, yeah? Yes. And uh, Kusno is looking at Rip Torn's gun, the same gun that Barry was arrested with, the same gun that he tried to kill Barry with earlier in the season. They were trying to set it up as if he was going to commit suicide with this gun. At least that's what I got from yeah, it. Yeah, so he's in there staring at the gun and Barry shows up. And uh, so Tom and Barry are having a discussion outside and Tom says to Barry, hey, you should turn yourself in. And Barry finally is like, okay, I... And that's where Kusino shoots him, right? <laughs> yes. Now, can I just say the wow delivered by Bill Hader once he falls into the chair and sees who shot him by Gene Kuzno? It wasn't just a wow. That's what confused me. This title of the episode is called Wow, but like, what was it actually? It was Oh Wow. Yeah, it was Oh Wow. But like, I, why wasn't it out Oh Wow for the title? I uh, I don't know, but I do want to kind of analyze the Oh Wow because as we've stated already, Barry turns into a different series after season two. It the, the tone gets all dark, but the way that Bill Hader delivered that line, and maybe I'm analyzing this too much, it almost felt like he, he that character, after he said that line, was reverting back 
to the first two seasons where it was a lot more lighthearted because I thought it was so perfect and so funny the way that Bill Hader delivered that line right before he gets his ending shot in the head yeah. that I almost felt like it was resetting his character to what we've seen him to in season one. Interesting. Yeah. So like he gets shot once in the chest. That's where he's like, oh, wow. I thought I took it just as he, he looked at Kusno. He's like, really? This is the way I'm going to go out? Like, well, obviously. I, yeah. What, I mean, that's... Like, like, is this really it for me? Um, and <laughs> He would not have expected this based on everything that he survived. But he wasn't even mad about it. It was just like, it was just like genuine surprise. Like, oh, okay, this is about to happen. (laughs) There's nothing I can do about it. And then he gets shot in the head and, and it's 25 minutes into the episode and you're thinking, wow, they just killed off Barry. uh, And there's still like 10 minutes left. There's still 10 minutes left, but that's also where you get the pan out from Kuzno, just like you did the pan out from uh, well, it, before it does the pan out, it goes immediately to black, making yes. you think, is this going to end like The Sopranos? Is this going to be <laughs> one of those shows where we're just left and, and then the last 10 minutes are used with the cast clapping themselves on the back and talking <laughs> about how great the finale was? <laughs> no, but then they go back to it to confirm that Barry is dead. Yes. So that's what I was happy about. And then they do the fade away. But both are, but about. I wanted to say that Hank and Kuzno, they're both in the middle of the screen when both fade outs happen. And that's why I was thinking you were getting kind of, I don't know, some type of connection between the two of them after uh, Kuzno shoots Barry. Well, you just did kill off two of the main characters, if not the two biggest characters in the show. Because even when Barry's storyline wasn't, like, central to the plot, Hank's was. Yes. So he really had become the secondary main character of the show. That's true. I also want to say... Finally, I was able to see a show where they killed off the main character and I didn't get it ruined for me. I won't say what other shows that's happened to in case anyone's watching it. (laughs) I won't say any others. But anyone that you can think of is probably the case. I've always gotten it ruined for me. This one was like one of the very few ones where I was like, oh, okay, I actually know what that feels like now. This is how I thought they were going to end Dexter. Not that that he would die basically. Mm-hmm. And and so I was surprised when they... You, but did you watch the ending scene where he came back as a lumberjack? <laughs> You're talking about... My, my, in this? In this, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, yeah, it goes into applause, fades out into applause, and then suddenly, again, you're you're left wondering whether or not this was a play about a play about a show about a... or about a real thing that happened. And, yeah. and, and it's starting to get a little messy, but then you realize there's another time jump that just happened. We're set in the future. Sally is now a high school teacher. It seems like she's gotten over a little bit of her... Um, what, what would you call it? Her depression. She's not even. She didn't even look any older though. It's like throughout <laughs> well, all no, the they time. Well, they put glasses on her and stuff, and and they tried to make it. That was that the she was only thing. She, well, the thing is that when she had the wig, right? Mm-hmm. When Hank took off her wig, that's when she was finally honest with John about who her dad, who his dad was. Right. So yeah. I did find that a little compelling. How they were like, well, now that she's out of the mask, now that she's uh, she she can be clear of her, she can clear her conscience basically with the kid. And that kind of comes into play here. So she's teaching this high school play, right? And it's it's getting applause. And the t- AP teachers are hitting on her. And now John, who is now a high schooler himself, he's played by the kid from It. Um, he goes to his friend's house. He asks if he can go to his friend's yeah. house to just hang out. And he's secretly there to watch a movie based on his dad's life. Called that's The Mask out. Collector. Mm-hmm. And is this the, does that mean anything to you? I know there's a movie franchise out there called The Collector. It doesn't really have anything to do with this. But uh, that's, yeah. that's that's what it, like reminded me of when I saw the, the title. Well, that's screen. just a horror film. Yeah, but that's like a horror series. Uh, so, yeah, John watches the Hollywood version of his dad. 
And there's a lot of lens flare. It stars Jim Cummings as Barry, right? Yeah. You see that he's presented as a victim and Kusuno is the villain of the series. I love the scene where he walks in after being accepted by Kusuno and <laughs> having this heartwarming like uh, thing with him. And Kusuno's like, we're busy, Barry. Yeah, and there's see, other people and in you the see, room. Like, a, Hank, a fake Hank. Did you see the no, I, I, didn't see, I didn't see. He's the on the right Hank side. Yet. And yeah, and then Kusuno later on where he, like Barry finds that he's killed Janice. It wasn't even Barry who killed Janice <laughs> yeah. in this world. Kusuno did. And then he has to kill Barry, right? <laughs> the movie's like, so overdramatic. Yeah. He shoots Barry like six he has different a six times. No, he has a six shooter and he shoots him nine times. There's never ending bullets <laughs> in movies. You also have that uh, Kusuno gets life in prison. That's the, mm. one of the last shots that you get where it says he's now serving life in prison, which is funny because had Barry just turned himself in, he would have obviously left him free. Yeah. Uh, and then Fuchs is non-existent in the storyline and Sally's Macbeth speech goes to Barry in it. Yeah, so yeah, again, that. People compared it to American Sniper because apparently the guy from American Sniper is not that, like he's not a hero. Oh, inter- okay, yeah, because so, I saw American Sniper. And okay. the way that Clint Eastwood made him seem was like way more heroic mm. than he should have been. I don't know. And then, and then the last shot, though, the last shot is John kind of smiles at the end of the movie. Yeah, I guess because he likes that his legacy or that his dad's legacy was looked at in a fond way because he loved his father. Yeah, but, but he didn't know everything. No, that he did. Though. He knew that the way that he was saved was not the way that was depicted in the movie. He knows what his mom has told him. I think he knows the truth, but at the same time, he's happy the world doesn't. Whether or not Kusno should be in jail feels a little wrong. No, that's that's the thing. So both these series, Succession and Barry, end on somewhat like uh, evil notes almost, or very sad notes, because I don't think that the they wanted Kuzno. You're not supposed to be happy that he went to jail. Or that Fuchs is just alive and running around. Yeah, there. and there's no karma that comes to him either. That being said, I really enjoyed the finale. So seasons one and two, I thought were great. Seasons three, I thought uh, it wasn't as good as the first two seasons, but season four, I felt was a mixed bag and it really depended on if this finale was going to be good enough. And so I think, it, I think it was. Episode? I would give it a 9 out of 10. And I'm okay. going to miss this show dot, 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 somewhat. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would say the weird factor is a 9. Um, creativity, 9. Uh, implementation, 8. Resolution for me, 5. Pacing, also 5. Because they just sped things up so much. So overall, I give it a 7. A now, that seven. doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it. I did. It's well, like when, a, when five say, is, a 5 is just average. To well, me, let me so. ask you about the resolution 5 out of 10. What, like, about the resolution did you not like? The stuff we just went over. But you're stuff. supposed to not like that. That's why the show decided to go about it that way. I, I think the resolution and the pacing are connected. So it's like the way that they develop these things to happen at the very ending, that Fuchs turn to being like, I'm just going to give John back. Like, the whole point of him trying to get Hank to kidnap them was so that he could hurt them but then he was just going to hand them right back at the end it didn't seem like that actually achieved much i did have that down listed as a con kind of fuchs's turn at the very end of it i understood why they went about that way again to parallel season one but i didn't think it worked i also feel like the show kind of fell in love with itself a little bit by after season two they were like we're not going to make this uh like we don't want to fall in the same camp as you where the main character who is a monster is somehow depicted as a good guy, like people start falling in love with him. So like with Barry, they sort of um, 
One thing I did notice, though, is that Barry in the future timeline, he never killed anyone. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. that's interesting. So, like, maybe he did have a little bit of a redemption there. But mostly, we see him as sort of an abuser in a way, just a different type. And uh, and he's not a good guy. Like, Overindulgence, sure, I can I can see that uh, of itself. Bill Hader loves these type of, like, true crime stuff. Or he loves true crime just in general. So it makes sense that they would want to go for the super dark ending. And I that's did, what they did. <laughs> I did want to bring up yeah. that uh, not a lot of shows have it where the secret is out and they're still able to last a full season. Like the secret is completely out about Barry. Yeah. Everyone knows what he's done. Everyone knows that he's not a bad guy or that he is a bad guy. That's why I give creativity a 10 or a nine because like it's the giving up the secret and then having to live in that world. Usually that's when a show like ditches it. It's like, let's get out of here because <laughs> we can't survive in this premise. There's like two episodes He's no left longer usually. going to be booking gigs as an actor. Yeah. But somehow they were able to keep a full season of that. But they did have to rely on those time jumps, which it almost felt like a separate season. It felt like season four, part one, part two was when he escaped. It's interesting how the highest IMDb rating. So this one, you're more related to to it than I am because you gave it a nine. Uh, It has a 9.1, I think. The only higher rated episode from the season is the one that Barry doesn't actually show up in. It's the one where he's escaped and we see the rest of everybody's lives. He shows up up at the very end. But yeah, I understand what you mean. I think that was my second favorite of the season. because he's barely in this episode because yeah and he's barely in that episode (laughs) the show is called barry but really there's bill Hader was not in as much of the seasons as he was in season one like Mm -hmm. i think every season it got less and less that he was in it (laughs) i i think my favorite episode by far and i think it might be one of my favorite episodes of all time is season two episode five the one that we brought up earlier with Mm -hmm. the uh with like the person yeah that's that's my favorite episode the show went crazy but like i said nine out of ten for me for this finale i enjoyed it It, it, there's a few themes i wanted to address first of all everyone is very petty in this show you've got oh incredibly Sally, Fuchs, Hank, Barry even, lots of people didn't have to die that ended up dying, but just based off pettiness, again, with Kusino's decision to kill Barry as opposed to letting him go and uh, show himself. But I don't know if Kusino knew that he was about to, he might have just been upset because of everything that had happened in his life at that point. I think that was it. I think he was just upset. I think it's left to interpretation. The other thing is that uh, I liked how they did do the reference to Lincoln and Gandhi and how Barry had become sort of obsessed with this idea of like, good people could actually have different sides of them that were not promoted as yep. much in history. And that's how Barry sort of is ending up being looked at. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't even so, get that connection, but yeah, that is true. Yeah. And so they, and then also the Fred Armisen showing up from documentary now and Bill Hader and them working together in that and how that kind of Hollywood critique kind of plays a role in this as well. Cause there, are, this whole thing is about yeah, <laughs> making fun of Hollywood. Yeah. There were a lot of iPhones and Apple uh, earbuds in this season for it not to have been produced by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't this last yeah. season on Apple TV? And then the thing I brought up earlier with Janice's dad, that guy was so on top of it. He caused the, what, the Hollywood reporter guy mm-hmm. to like go insane and start speaking German. Like he's the one who got Kusno to admit to everything. That guy, he also drove Fuchs directly to the p- police precinct and caught Barry. He, yeah, that's, that's, that's super smart thing. dude. I think he let Barry go. Like there's no way that he thought that Barry would be stuck in that garage for a full day. Barry got out and he fainted in the kitchen and the guy didn't come home. Meaning he was either so absorbed in what was going on with Kusuno, which I, I just think that this guy was too smart for that. I think he was like, well, Barry was a victim and he believed that. And so he gave him the opportunity to escape. That would be like a Barry, sixth 
Use. That's the thing, though. That would be like a. Well, he was wrong than... to do so. Is the thing is like it, it wasn't Barry who was just working under the like it wasn't Cousineau who was the evil villain. So right. he made a mistake if that's the case. But I still found it interesting that um, the guy who was shown as sort of a superpowered dude um, ended up letting Barry go. People pointed out that the theme song never returned in the fourth season, and they were sad about that. Huh. Um, I, then, uh, I I knew it didn't return for the series finale, but I didn't get that it was never in the last season. I don't know. I'll have to go back and check. But then also Game of Thrones, Westworld, those finales didn't work out for uh, HBO, but it does seem like with Succession and now Barry, two, two wins, I would say, on the finale Was this aired also back shorter. to back? It seems like it almost would be. Yes, on Sunday. They were they were both aired on Sunday. So so it just seems like they're going in the right direction, and it bodes well for The Last of Us whenever that ends. Um, yeah, but other than that, seven for me, nine from you. We both liked it. I compare it to a lot of other shows. Get Shorty, BoJack Horseman, uh, Better Call Saul, and um, uh, Mr. In-Between. What's the sh- search party? The one that <laughs> kind of changes tones on you in, in a similar yeah. way. But, uh, yeah. But Bojack, funny, Horseman, funny show. Bojack Horseman for tone, Dexter for series. That's kind of the two that I have. So. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.